Hey guys, welcome back. We are in the zone, episode 24 today. Um, Alino, I know you have a lot to say about this. We're going to get right into the NHL playoffs. We made our preview predictions last week. And Alino, your, uh, your crazy prediction is looking to shape up pretty damn nicely. In a million years, I never thought this would happen. 62 wins. You know what? I'm not even going to talk about it. Alino, the floor is yours. All right. So uh, last week, I kind of made the bold claim. Blue Jackets in seven. I'm going to go with the upset. And I didn't think, okay, maybe one game they stole in Tampa. Tampa's just going to kill them the next game, and we're going to go back and forth. Columbus ended up beating them 5-1 and tearing them up. Then there was another one on the weekend, 3-0. It's in uh, Columbus. They're going crazy. And Tampa's in panic mode. Uh, they don't even know where they're going. They're looking soft. Columbus is giving them no respect. They're hitting them all over the place. Stamkos is coming in. He can't do anything. Uh, he's looking a little bit like Crosby in the other series. So uh, it's not looking good for them, but it looks like Columbus is going to sweep the President's Trophy winners. I just I remember watching the first two games, and it was like totally flip-flop. Like Columbus looked like the best team in the league. They're moving the puck with such, uh, such precision and like, oh. <laughs> their bottom six too is really coming through for them like you're really here in the playoffs like it's your bottom six guys that come through and guys like josh anderson and boone jenner are just they're killing them <laughs> but like yeah i i said before the series began i said when you look at columbus's team it like the lightning i wouldn't want to play columbus like just straight up going into the playoffs i said i'd rather face carolina than columbus and basically, it's because of the D. I believe Seth Jones and like, and Zach Wierenski—they're great young defensemen. And you even have a guy like Anudavara, who's not really a big name, but he's proven to be a, a an NHLer. So, and then you see, obviously, Bobrovsky. We know that the end of the year he was red hot. He had, I think, like you had him in fantasy. I think he had like three shutouts in a week. Um, I knew that the X factor in this would be him, and he's definitely. Um, been the reason why Columbus has been better. And Vasilevsky, to me, has just not looked that good. Kucherov, that suspension, really screwed them up for Game 3, um, even though it was probably the best game that they did play in the series. Yeah. But I just want to go back to Game 1. You're up 3 nothing at home, and you give up four straight goals. I think that just set the tone for the series right there. As soon as I saw that, I knew that Columbus had a lot more you know, in the tank, they just looked a lot. The Lightning have everything to lose here. Columbus is coming in here, kind of like what I said to Pinello before about the Leafs two years ago when they faced the Caps. They're just going in the playoffs. The expectations are not, like, they're very low and buff, except Alino, and <laughs> there it is. nothing series lead. I don't expect them to sweep Tampa Bay, but I do expect them now to win the series. And to me, this is a gift to whoever wins the Bruins and Leafs series. This is a gift, I think. But again, I still no, wouldn't count. I still wouldn't. I still wouldn't. I still wouldn't counsel out Columbus. But I do think the Leafs would have a better chance against the Blue Jackets and the Lightning. That's just my opinion. Even in that first game, Tampa, I thought that was their best opportunity when they were up three nothing because Bobrovsky looked like he was pretty nervous. He was not making the saves. He looked uh, one step behind. Then once he started getting going, and then Panarin started getting going and turned the whole series around. And now Tampa, where do they go from here? Because their team is, like, when you look at it, it's like a perfect team. They, everyone's getting, like, 90 points. Kutra's unbelievable. <laughs> Braden Point's contract's up soon. Uh, their defense is great. But now with Stamkos, do you trade Stamkos? No. The, um, the, the thing I want to bring up with this team is the salary cap yeah. is where they get literally screwed with Braden Point. This guy is coming off a monster year. Um, he's now I, – I watched game one. I didn't watch a lot of game two because it was a blowout. But I didn't see a lot of Braden Point. In game one, I saw a lot of Sorelli. I saw a lot of Kucherov. But Braden Point, to me, has not looked that good in this series. And I think this is going to hurt him with contract talks. I still think he's going to get around seven and a half, eight mil. But again, like you said, the salary cap with this Tampa Bay team, it's too good to be true. You can't keep all these guys. So Braden Point's definitely going to have to go, I think. And I know you, you don't want to get rid of Braden Point. But at that point, who do you get rid of? Okay, if I'm the Lightning, there's no chance in hell I'm letting Braden Point walk. I'm probably trading like JT Miller or Ryan McDonough, the fucking 32-year-old defenseman over there. But I don't think this will affect his contract situation because like no one on Tampa is really showing up. 
So he's just kind of in the mix with them. Do you think Vancouver would go after Stamkos now? They'll find an opening, and that'd be a guy they probably would need. Or their McDonough would be another one. I think Vancouver's going to be sniffing around on this team. I think they have, they have a Braden Colburn, Tampa. Yeah. So that's they'll try to just shed all the dead weight there, but the, I, there's no way they should trade Braden Point. <laughs> So what do you guys expect for the Blue Jackets? So like moving forward, like do you compare this to like the Kings in 2011 kind of like because I remember going into that playoffs, I was laughing about the Kings because the Canucks are coming off a President Trophy win and they lost in five games to the Kings. So is this kind of like I, I don't want to say the Blue Jackets are the Kings of 2011. They're going to come in and beat everyone and they're going to lose four games all playoffs. But I'm saying this has to be an incredible start. And Matthew Shane has looked great. The singles look great. Bobrovsky's look great. Uh, when these guys are all going, and even John Tortorella, I said to my brother, when this guy is in the locker room hyping these guys up, I don't think there's anyone better than Tortorella. And what better way than to knock out his former team, the President Trophy winners? And he did win a cup with the Lightning. Yeah. So this is, I guess, a perfect yeah. story to tell, at least if you're John Tortorella. Yeah, it so. is. And uh, you know what? That comparison, the, um, the LA Kings – it's actually very similar because they made that trade for Jeff Carter at the deadline that year. They did. And now this Columbus team made the trade for Duchesne and Dezingle for this run. So it's a very similar team. Maybe they can have some similar eight-seed success. I was kind of thinking of Nashville and Chicago a couple of years ago. When Nashville finished eighth and they swept Chicago and yeah. went to the finals. So I don't know. That's what I thought of. <laughs> We're kind of on pace for that, aren't we? Yeah. It's kind of it's – kind of, just so mind-boggling though because i want to just bring up how well that tampa did this year like it's it's historic what they did and you're coming in here and now you're down three nothing you blow a three goal lead in game one matthew shane has a four point game in game two that is basically where you traded for matthew shane right there scored his first playoff goal this year yeah Yeah. after 10 years of being in the league (laughs) and he had uh 4.9, 4.9, no one else has done that in Blue Jackets playoff history because the Blue Jackets playoff history is very slim. But again, like it's crazy to think. I never thought the Blue Jackets would run over Tampa. But again, you're looking at the team. I said in the podcast prior or before, you have Wierenski, you have Jones, you have Atkinson, you have Duchesne, you have Panarin, Dubois. You have all these guys that are they're – not, they're not terrible players. They're really good. So – They've uh, I don't know what matchups they've done, you know, the Boone Jenner, the Dubinsky with like Stamkos. I don't know what they're doing, but it's definitely working. And Bobrovsky is outshining Vasilevsky. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, I'll say the Blue Jackets will win in six. I think the, the Lightning will take two. They'll scare them and then the Blue Jackets will finish it. Yeah, I think they need to win. They, they can't afford that scare. They need to take them out as quickly as possible. Get on to the next round. Four or five. I don't see it lasting. There's just... They're on fire. Oh, yeah, man. (laughs) Okay, up next we have is the big series, the Leafs and the Bruins. Watching all three games, guys, just take us through your thoughts so far in the series. Any X factors, any surprises? What do you uh, think of the whole Kadri, DeBrusque? There's just so many things to talk about. Take it away, Pax. (laughs) Leafs two, refs one. (laughs) Boom. But, uh, yeah, the first game was weird because – you know, we played our game and we stuck to it and we got the better of them. And then game two, it was the total opposite and they just physically owned us. And then game three was kind of like, you know, it was even, it was back and forth. We squeezed one out at the end there. I don't think anyone's surprised with the way things are going. The Leafs are sticking to their speed game and the Bruins, when they have a chance, they're throwing all these dirty fucking hits against us. Uh, but yeah, in that second game there with Kadri and DeBrusque, like, Someone needs to tone that guy down. Yeah. And uh, I don't really mind Kadri going after him. And it was dirty when he cross-checked him. That was ridiculous. But, like, you, you need to, him, the like, two plays before that. Yeah, you have to have someone on the team to, like, to go up to a player like that and say, you're not going to push our young guys around like that. And I don't know, the knee-on-knee hit, yeah, like, not even a two-minute call. Like, come on. And then he hit Marlow right after. Like, right before Right that, in the that stanchion. Was, yeah. That's why that's Kadri went to him. That's like a, a very dangerous hit. He got nothing for that. So, like, they had to expect, especially Kadri. The refs hate him, as everyone knows. And he's a bit of a hothead sometimes. So, they had to have known that after that play, something was going to happen. I think that's even a bad thing for the referees. That's on them because they had a bad job, did a bad job of 
controlling the game and enforcing the rules. They just let the, everyone go, and that's what ended up happening. But other than that, I thought the Leafs played great in the first game and the third game. The second game, Matthews didn't really come up, but he was good in game three and bounced back. Uh, for me, game one, I just want to bring up how dominant the Leafs were early on. I mean, um, I'll say the first five minutes, Bruins kind of had the you know the home ice momentum. But as soon as Marner started going and they um, had the Tavares line against the Bergeron line and the matchup was going in Toronto's favor, Marner just – he started – he just started going off, and Marner, to me, hands down, has been the Leafs' best player, and it's not even a question. You look at the first three games, okay, game two, he wasn't as noticeable because, again, the, the physicality, Marner's not the guy to, to be fully involved in that, but w- game two was all Bruins. They did their job. You know, they they were hitting the physical aspect. They got Kadri under, they got under Kadri's skin. He's now eliminated from the series. But yeah, like the reps in game two, they did not call anything. The game was out of control. Um, I thought DeBrusque had at least three dirty plays. He, um, I don't know if you guys remember the play when it was near the benches. He elbowed Dermot right in the head, busted oh, him yeah. open. No call there. That's usually a major if there is blood. Um, no call. And then the whole, to me, don't get me started with the kneeing. That was a knee. Yeah. That was an. In, I don't know if okay, it's 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 tough to say if it was an if it was intentional, but. That was a knee on knee, and he did the flip, and he was injured and down, and no one went after DeBrusque. And if I'm a if I'm a Leaf player there, I'm jumping him. I'm sorry. Like that's just a a very disrespectful play. No call on the play. If if I'm Riley or Tavares or Marlowe, any of the assistant captains, I'm losing it at the ref. I'm going to the ref and be like, "Are you serious? He's injured. That's a kneeing. There's no call here. What's going on?" And then literally two plays later, DeBrusque, same thing. Dirty hit to Marlowe in the stanchion. That should be at least a major. And then Kadri obviously, you know, voices and finally goes and tr- cross-checks DeBrusque in the head. And then, of course, Chara gets involved there. And No chance. The fact the <laughs> fact that Kadri gets a three to five game suspension and DeBrusque just gets off with nothing just made the game three win so much more satisfying for me. Because, like, DeBrusque, to me, in game three was invisible, didn't really do anything. Um... To me, Tyler Ennis coming in and Kadri out, Tyler Ennis, what a game. Going in the corners, doing everything, winning those battles. I think he beat Tory Krug on every battle in the corner. I don't think he lost a battle. Trevor Moore, I'll say so much about him, love him. Decking Chara, doing all that. Zach Hyman as well. But, guys, Mitch Marner, what are you paying this guy? This guy has been our best forward. He, He... Block shots now. He's on the penalty kill, on the power play. Like this guy played 23 minutes last night. Like, what are you paying this guy? I think probably like around 10, like what most people think. But I think the final five seconds of that game really sums up the kind of guy that he is. Because you know you watch the regular season, and he's this small, skilled guy, and he'll dance around everyone. But then when playoffs come, he's not afraid to put his body on the line there. So that's a guy you want out there in the last uh, few seconds. I'm starting to realize that. And then uh, another thing I want to quickly go on before we make our final predictions of the series, Jake Muzzin. That guy has been so good. I think he's actually helped Zaitsev, like, see the light. Like, Zaitsev, I'm a Stanley Cup winner. I'm the more physical. I just want you to kind of get the puck out of the zone. And when you have it, don't panic. <laughs> just feed it to Muzzin because Muzzin, he is one of those D that w- – when he gets the puck, he just flick, he quickly yeah. gets it up. That's what he's known for is hitting and just getting the puck up the ice. And it's been working because Zaitsev to me has looked pretty good. I mean, there are times where he coughs, coughs it up and he did he took that stupid penalty yesterday. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, everyone is human. You make those mistakes. But right now the Jake Muzzin trade is looking fantastic for the Leafs. It really is. Cause you know my thoughts on Zaitsev. Yeah, I he, just I hate him. But the <laughs> fact that I can say he's been okay the first three games – it really is a win. So what are you guys' thoughts moving forward in this series? Huge win. They're up 2-1. Should the Leafs be scared? Like, what what do you expect I out of this the, series? The Leafs win the next game. And then Boston will come out and win their home. And okay. I think the Leafs close it out in Toronto. Game six. I'm still saying it goes seven. It's just it's back and forth. And all the Leafs have to do is avoid the physical game. Stay away from the boards because... We will lose the next three if that's the case. Yeah. So, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. 
I, I agree. I think the Leafs will win in six games. I think regardless if they win next game or not, I still feel like they could easily win in game five. I feel like the last two times, the last two go arounds, they've gone game five in Boston. They've won both. They've won both of them. So I think now with this group, even last night's uh, post game with Austin Matthews, he's, he knows now that they're, you know, they're more experienced. This is their third year in the postseason. They really, they have basically the same team as last year. Like for the most part, it's basically the same team other than JVR and Bozak out. Um, it's basically the same team. And Andreas Janssen's been a huge part of this team. Kapanen, huge part of this team. William Nylander has not been good, but um, I don't really want to get into that right now. Um, so I think a lot of people, like you're saying, like you're writing them off for game five. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they won game five in Boston. I, that's just how they are. I feel like game five is one of the most important games of any series and the momentum and the motivation in game five, at least if you're away, I think that's the game where you should be the most focused game five away. And you have a series lead. Oof, I'd, I'd be ready to go. Maybe that's when Nylander shows up. Well, he showed <laughs> he showed up in game one. He had a pretty good game one. Game two, don't want to talk about it. And then game three, he didn't look that good either. So um, I'm waiting for him to stop holding on to the puck as much and start making some right plays because he's just – when he loses the puck, he just doesn't try. Like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I got paid from like, the bench. Like, <laughs> all right, that's enough for that series. We can talk about that all day. Next up we have is – the Washington Capitals, Carolina Hurricanes. What we saw last night was some WWE. We saw Ovi knockout Svechnikov, the 19-year-old. Right okay. now, uh, he's in concussion protocol. He'll probably miss Game Four. But what is? What are your? Uh, what are your thoughts on this series so far? I know that Ovi and Backstrom, the veterans, they've shown up here. Um, but again, I really love Carolina. I love the depth guys. I like the Fogels. I like the, I like the Nita Riders. I like Dougie Hamilton. He showed up. So, what are your thoughts on this series? I I said Carolina w- wins this in seven, and uh, I'm still sticking with that. Just love the the Hurricanes coming hot. You know they're winning every home game, and then they face the champs, and then they just they beat them the first. And everyone thinks, oh yeah, the Caps are gonna have uh, you know an easy first round exit. Or, uh, yeah, you know, for first matchup. And then Carolina, their first home game in the playoffs, and I don't know how fucking long, 5 nothing over the Caps. So this is just going to be a back-and-forth, up-and-down series, really fast-paced. I've only seen the highlights of this. So I'm watching so much hockey, it's hard to get every game. But, you know, this looks like a fun series. It does. And I was surprised that Carolina was able to win so easily at home. They really fed off the energy of their home crowd, but... Sveshnikov, of all the guys to go up to, you go with the biggest Russian on the other team, a Vatican, and you want to pick a fight with that guy. Like, you got to be out of your damn mind if you're Sveshnikov. <laughs> like, that's a ballsy move. <laughs> and a Vatican isn't wired like Sidney Crosby. will go, oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, he's not. Yeah. He'll, he'll fight you. He dropped the gloves and knocked him out. <laughs> like, oh of all the guys. So, I bet he regrets that now. He's waking up in the hospital by asking the nurses what happened. <laughs> And Ovechkin, he's going to probably come out now and score a hat-trick in the next game. So I like the Capitals walking out and uh, winning this in five or six games. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, game one was close. Uh, Backstrom and them came out early, 3-0 lead. They almost blew it again. Remember, it was because we were at G's. They were up 3-0. And then Aram's like, oh, it's 3-2. I'm like, oh. It's like the Columbus game. So Washington held on game one, held on game two overtime. And then you see Carolina win 5-0. Svechnikov trying to get that momentum and then it just backfired knocked out I guess sometimes you got to do that if that's what brings momentum and success but he he is 19 years old I don't think it should have been him I think it should have been like Williams or someone like Jordan Stahl like someone trying to I don't think anyone else thought of it and they saw Svechnikov and Ovi and they're like oh okay this is gonna well I guess he's doing it but I'm telling you right now if Carolina's D start going like offensively because they are pretty offensive I think this series could be done because Brandon Holpe yesterday didn't look good. And you could even ask this guy last year, this year, Holpe is uh, yeah, inconsistent. So <coughs> They need this form from last year, like the way he played in the final. If they, you can channel that in a bit because Carolina, their depth pieces are really good. Their defense need to – they rely on them, I think, too much at times to make offensive plays. But 
Aho is coming in this. I think the nerves were getting into him uh, a little bit in the game one and two. But, yeah, I just like Washington, their veteran presence, and I think they have enough. I, I, got, I got the Hurricanes in seven. I still think they're going to win. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised next game if Ovi just – blows it just loses it and, <laughs> and they gets do a hat seven williams like he does have that reputation that's why i would that's why Carolina. that's exactly why seven then washington, mr game seven yeah, washington get their plane ticket home there it is well yeah batch game you can <laughs> yeah i still got the caps here <laughs> <laughs> damn it that's it <laughs> <laughs> all right next series uh the islanders and the pens we all said four five five and it's three nothing islanders so is it safe to say that the Islander fans have shut us up or like what? What's going on there? I mean, I guess so. Kind of feel like a fucking idiot. I was so confident. <laughs> well, this is the one series I was very confident that I would go four or five games. Just not the way I was thinking. Guys like fucking Jordan Everly are alive. Andres Lee's <laughs> playing well. Uh, <laughs> we're getting some great goaltending. I thought their D would be shaky, the Islanders, but Letty and Polak and... Like, they're really showing up, and what the hell's going no, on Nick with Letty. the What's going, going on with him? the Pens here? I don't know. I want to see Phil the Thrill. It's not going to happen, though. I mean, I watched game one, majority of it, and the Pens looked like the better team, but uh, the Islanders got the bounces that the Pens couldn't get. Sidney Crosby does not have a point yet in this series. That is the biggest <laughs> surprise for me because he shows up in the postseason, Malkin as well. But the last two games after the OT loss to the Islanders just have not been close. Game two was 3-1 Islanders. Okay. Then you go home to Pittsburgh and you lose 4-1. Like, they started flat and then they just... Jordan Eberle, I don't know what's going on. He's turning it up like it's 2008, 2009. And even even Nick Letty. I never, think, I never thought in a million years this guy would be shutting down guys like Kessel, Malkin... <laughs> Hornquist, Gunsel. Gunsel had 39 goals, by the way, this year. Like, this guy hasn't – has he scored? I don't think he scored. Kessel scored a couple. Yeah, Kessel's been good. <laughs> Latang even hasn't looked that good. And uh, I, I – you guys can say what you want about Matt Murray. Playoffs, he's great. But all in all this year, Robin Leonard has been a top five goalie. <laughs> it's so funny to say, but it's true. Just he has the stats of, to prove it. Just thinking of the Buffalo days, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> and Ottawa when he was like this up-and-comer that couldn't really catch a break. Like, well, he's got potential, but we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love when people, yeah, yeah, in, 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 in a couple of years. We'll see. Yeah, they might shut out the pens. Okay. I okay. can't believe that. I still think, the, the I, like I said with the, with the Blue Jackets series, I think that the pens should still win at least a couple games. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's Sidney Crosby. Like, they almost had a potential dynasty two years ago. Come on, it's the Islanders. Like, what is stopping them from scoring? Johnny Boychuk? I'm so proud of Matt Barzell, because I honestly thought he'd get eaten alive in his first playoffs. And he just, he looks the same. He's just flying around all over the place. He's actually won 47% of draws, where I thought he would win maybe, like, 35. So... Yeah, Barzell is a he's a player. So um, if the Islanders end up winning, which the odds are in their favor, um, they would go on to face the winner of the Caps and the Hurricanes. And if my prediction is right, <laughs> that would be the funniest second round I've ever seen: the Hurricanes and the Islanders. It would be like five six years ago when it was Nashville and Arizona, <laughs> and we're all just like, how? And it's the <laughs> Devils and Kings. Oh yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> that was the weirdest <laughs> Final Four ever. Mike Smith with the with the Phoenix Coyotes and Shane Doan. Oh, those those were the good times right there. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Islanders in six, just like what I said with the Blue Jackets. I think Sidney Crosby tonight. If you guys aren't gonna watch it, watch it hot on uh, Channel CBC. I think the Pens are gonna win tonight at home. This is a huge game. I think they gotta score first, get that momentum going, and uh, I'm expecting Malkin to blow up here. I think this guy. He shows up. I think he's more clutch than Crosby in playoffs. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure Malkin is. is a little more clutch. So I think Malkin's going to come out here and he's going to do his damage. And um, I expect, though, uh, game six, it's going to be uh, the Islanders to win. I think they're going to win in six games. Yeah, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh <laughs> still in seven. Because if they don't win this, <laughs> if they don't win this, like their GM has a right to look at Crosby, Malkin, and Murray and say, "What the hell is going on here?" I traded uh, 
Marc-Andre Fleury for the expansion just to get a pick. I sent him to Vegas. He's going on in the uh, cup final. He's showing up. Matt Murray's here, like, letting everything go in the net. And you got Malkin and Crosby. Like, Crosby hasn't really, to me, shown that he's a Stanley Cup winner, MVP in the finals. It's like he's relying on everyone else to do the work for him in this playoffs. I don't know what's going on with him. And Kessel, to me, is the only guy that's shown up. It's weird. Like, Kessel should be the one, like, getting points off Crosby and Malkin. He's the one that they're putting with so Crosby can get a point or two, and it hasn't worked. It's very 2011. Yeah. Would that be, like, the fourth time ever from a 3 nothing series? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you want that to yeah, happen? I do. <laughs> I'll say, uh... Isles in five. <laughs> I'm so cheesed with this. I'm just yeah. such a hypocrite. I just want to see the Islanders win. Such a hypocrite. <laughs> They're bottom six. Fucking Komarov and Martin <laughs> and Clutterbuck are just eating them alive down low. And it's it's such a sight to see the Pens. This happen to them. Next up, closest series so far in terms of scoring, Preds and Stars. I haven't really seen too much of the games like compared to the other series because this I was going into it saying this is going to be a boring series like of all the series like that I even uh, had more hope for uh, Washington and Carolina when I saw this I'm like I don't want to see this but (laughs) they proved me wrong they've had some exciting back and forth games but I still like Nashville's chances Pecorine uh, their defensive core is so great and I think Wayne Simmons is going to be that X factor if it gets to like six or seven games. Preds won last night, right? They did. 3-2. Yeah. Regulation. Saw that Granlin scored. The guy that you were harping on for not uh, showing up. Not showing up. Finally getting on the board. I, I like the series just because it's two teams we haven't really seen. Yeah. But when you do look around the league, you're kind of like, okay, maybe this is the one that I won't watch. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been one goal games every – all three games so far. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. it's uh, It was 3-2, 2-1, and 3-2. Yeah. So uh, – yeah, I think six or seven, either way. Like the the Dallas Stars, their their core guys really have to show up because the Preds do have that experience now over the last few years. I'm still sticking with the Preds though in six games. Yeah, uh, when you're looking at this series, uh, Rene and Bishop have been fantastic so far, and Bishop to me should be in the Vesna. I think he had a hell of a year, but to me. In the long run, when it, when you look at this series, it's all about the bottom six forwards, I think, when you look at production, because the first two games, uh, our first three games, we've seen guys like Rocco Grimaldi, we've seen guys like Salamaki, we've seen guys like Sissons, Craig Smith, all these guys are contributing. Nick Benino, I forgot he was still on Nashville, he's still there, and he has, I think, three assists in the series, so um, if Nashville's bottom six is going like they usually do... They're going to beat Dallas in five games. I think Dallas, Jamie Benn has picked it up. Zuccarello has two goals this series. Sagan, I think, has three points this series. So even Heiskanen, he had two points in the first in his first ever playoff game playing like 25 minutes. No big deal. I think that guy's incredible. But to me, the expectation is Nashville winning this series. I know it's been dead even, but you're looking at just Nashville and like Guys like Granlund and Arvidsson and Johansson, I have not seen them in this series yet. And they're still managing to have a 2-1 series lead. So if those guys start coming, it's it's over for, for Dallas. Because Klingberg, love him. Not the greatest defensive D. Heiskanen, hell of a player. But he's still a rookie. And he doesn't, doesn't really know the playoff hockey. It's, it's a completely different atmosphere. But again... Bishop, Bishop, I think, could steal Dallas a couple games. Don't get me wrong. Jamie Benn, Radulov. Radulov was incredible this year. 72 and 70. Jamie Benn the other way around. 53 and 82. He was awful. So Jamie Benn, if anything, has to prove himself. I love what Zuccarello has done ever since the trade. Remember, he got injured. Now he's uh, he's back with Dallas. He's healthy. and he's, he's Zuccarello, I've always loved him, especially with his run with the Rangers. You remember in 2014, I think he led them in points, something like that. Just incredible player, but yeah, again, when I look at this playoffs, if there's a series like that I would rather pass on, it's if it's not this one, it's the Islander one. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the the Preds and six. I'll say they I'll say they win this one. Yeah, you got the same. Okay, so the next series we have is Winnipeg and St. Louis. This one is fun. We saw Game One, Line A showed up. We saw Game Two, Bennington showed up. 
And uh, again, the Blues winning a really high-scoring game three. What are you guys' thoughts on this series so far? Uh, this is one of my favorite series so far. I just I, lo- I love all the players involved. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly is one of my favorite uh, players in the league, and I was really excited to see how he'd match up against guys like Shifley and Wheeler and the invisible line. But yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's been a it's really really fun series. I I still have my same prediction. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Um, St. Louis is looking good. I uh, what did I say? Did I say Blues in seven? I, I think I did. Blues yeah. Um, the Blues to me. With that O'Reilly trade, it makes them so much better. Uh, at first, I thought like this was just a whatever trade. Like, okay, it's just another player. Like, it's not gonna really be a big difference. He's kind of like he's a little better than Paul Stastny, but how much impact can Ryan O'Reilly really do? And we've seen it in Game One and Two. He came out. He played 22 minutes both games, shutting down guys like Shifley is hard to do all game, and he did it. And he's playing with Tarasenko. Tarasenko's been red hot. Bennington's been amazing. This team, to me, is the complete team. And it's crazy to think that in January they were in third last in the NHL. And now they're taking it to Winnipeg. That's a potentially a Stanley Cup favorite. So I'm sticking with the Blues winning this. I think Pareko has looked great as well. Vince Dunn, another guy. Um, he's, he's, he's amazing. I think he's a very underrated offensive defenseman in this league. And... Um, Another guy that you haven't really heard of, and he's a big impact guy, David Perron and Braden Shen. Two great guys on the Blues. I think they could really elevate the Blues offense, and uh, I think the Blues are going to take this series. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I may have went with Winnipeg before, but after seeing these games, St. Louis has really surprised a lot of people, especially with Ryan O'Reilly coming in, the way he's been able to play, and their defenses look good composed, not giving anything up for Bennington and making him look bad and hang out to dry. But I think St. Louis ends up coming out of this and going on to the next round. This is a great team to watch. They're one of these teams, like, they don't, they're not overloaded with superstars. They just have a lot of really good players, and they play such a good team game. And you're really seeing that now. I'm still sticking with the Blues in seven. It's crazy, too, because in game three, we saw Winnipeg score six goals. And all year, that's basically what they're – uh, like that's what their identity has been has been they're a high offense team and uh line a had a terrible year Ehlers had a terrible year connor had a great year shifley great year wheeler he, he's a freak 90 something points again but if the blues do end up like losing this series i will say it's because of the offense they can't be taking a lot of penalties because that winnipeg power play is just not fair and it's when Line A's on at the point and he asks for the one-timer, we've seen it with Ovi for years, and it's usually the same result. It'll be in the back of the net. So to me, the Blues, as long as they stay composed and they play the smart game and you have Ryan O'Reilly keep doing what he's doing and Tarasenko will put in a goal every one other game, I think that they're rolling. I think that they're going to win. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if they go the distance this year. I'm, I'm, I think the Blues are very real this year. And uh, – I think they're going to go. That's my opinion. Remember, we were in high school, and I'd pick the Blues to go far every year, and then they'd get bounced in the first round. And they always got screwed yeah. over, though. They always <laughs> face Chicago every year. This finally looks like, yeah, maybe it could be the year. We'll see what happens. Next up, I said in our pod, I said abs in seven. Abs are up 2-1 on the Flames. And, uh, well, I got two words, Nathan McKinnon. That's basically all I got to say so far. What are you guys' thoughts on this series? Yeah, Colorado surprised me. I thought Calgary was – they should have been able to. Like looking at Tampa and Calgary, those are two teams that you would think would be able to go to the second round like quite comfortably and just hasn't been the case. Columbus did that to Tampa. They just destroyed them in three games. And now Colorado's making it a tough series for Calgary. Uh, we thought, you know, Mike Smith looked good, was able to win them the game. But Nate McKinnon able to will his team on and they got two games out of this now in a series lead. I got two words for you, Kale McCarr. Ah, there it is. (laughs) But uh, that game three, though, oh, my, it could have been double digits for Colorado. Like Mike Smith's made almost like 50 saves. They just didn't show up. That top line just dominated them. They were on the fucking power play half the game. Oh, I I think I may still stick with the Flames, may go seven now. 
but this is a fun series. <laughs> they were even out shooting them. It was like 38-18. to 18, and There's still three minutes left in the second period at one point. Yeah, yesterday was just one of those games where Calgary just looked flat from the get-go. And McKinnon, Ranton, and Lennon, when they're on, they're the best line in hockey. I'll say that. A lot of people say it's the Marshawn line. I think the, the Landis called Ranton in and McKinnon line is just <laughs> it's absurd when they're on. And we saw that yesterday. Game one, Mike Smith was incredible. He got the shutout 4-0 win for, for Calgary. I was like, okay, maybe Calgary has a cakewalk. And then game two, McKinnon got the OT winner. And then game three, McKinnon comes out with a three-point game. And in the first period, he actually had a lot of chances to get a hat-trick in the first period. And not a lot of players can say that. And McCarr looked great. He looked like he belonged. He got a goal. Um, Ian Cole had two assists. That guy has been amazing the last couple playoffs with with, uh, the Pens, with the Blues, with the Avs now. He's putting up like 22 minutes. He had two assists yesterday. Mind you, they are secondary assists, but he does his job. He gets the puck up, and that's it. That's how the plays start. But, yeah, yesterday, Goudreau and Monaghan – I don't know what was wrong with them. They didn't look there, and Kachuk was not even involved either. And that's a guy that's always involved. He just didn't look. He didn't look there. Their best player was probably Backlund yesterday because he was killing all those penalties. <laughs> but yeah, there were a couple goals there where Mike Smith should have had. But if it wasn't for him, it would have been like ten two. So that's it. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Colorado wins this in seven. I think Nate McKinnon is. He has something to prove, and he wants to be known as a top three player in this league. And uh, if he takes him past Calgary, why why isn't he? Why can't we consider him that? So I got I got it. I got Colorado seven. I guess I'll, I'll stick with the Flames in seven. But like, I would not be opposed to that. You know how much I love McKinnon, but I still got some hope in the Flames. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm just gonna go Calgary in seven too. Ah, there it is. It. All right, then we have. I'm going to say Alino's words here. The winner of this series goes to the finals. That is what Alino said. Sharks, Golden Knights, and Golden Knights up 2-1. And you said Sharks in seven. Yeah, it looks like it too because these games are so back and forth. And it's close. The only thing, it's tough for us because these games end at friggin' 1.30 in the morning sometimes. <laughs> like, So it's hard to catch up with them and just stay up to watch it because like the second intermission's a killer, but... I don't. I still think the Sharks. I, for some reason, Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and Vlasic on that back end of Chicago. It's just Martin Jones is the one bad part. He hasn't really <laughs> looked that great compared to Flurry. I think Flurry's been way better than him. And I, I got San Jose going on in seven. Well, to be I don't know if you guys are surprised by this, but this is the highest scoring series by like a large margin. Game one was five two. Game two was five three. Game three was six three. For Vegas. I mean, for Jones, sure. For Flurry, not really. So I thought it'd be kind of like evened out, but yeah. Mark Stone has been the best player in, in the playoffs. In the playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah. What do you have? Five points in. Uh, was it game two or game three? Yeah, uh, game something. game uh, game uh, game three yeah. in it's Vegas. Been, he had five points. It's been high scoring. I you know as much as I love San Jose's forwards, Vegas's forwards have just flat out outplayed them. In now the, the Thornton suspension too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the goaltending for Fleury is still kind of shaky because they'll, like, they'll have leads and then San Jose will score in bunches, but they still seem to get it done. I'm still liking my Vegas prediction. I'm here. saying right now, tonight, if Vegas wins, the series is over. Vegas is yeah. winning it. Um, they'll be up 3-1. I think it, I think that's it for San Jose. I said before the series started, Martin Jones, he's not the goalie for San Jose. I mean, we saw two years ago when they went to the Cup It was three years ago when they went to the Cup Finals against the Pens. Couture was carrying them. He had like 30 points. He was insane that that playoff. Martin Jones was pretty good. But look at him. Look at him. Look at him now. Like, he's just been awful all year. They put Aaron Dell in, I think, in game uh, in game two, or was it game one? It was I don't know. Game even... two, and they won it. Yeah, no, no, they lost. They lost game two. Oh. But, uh, game, no, wasn't he in game one? So I, that was I, the one they won. I got, I got to look. I got to look this up now. It's bothering me. But, uh, yeah, they put Aaron Dell in, and I thought Aaron Dell looked better than Martin Jones. And the crazy thing is, I wasn't the only one that thought that. So does Martin Jones, like, if you're the Sharks, are you playing Jones or are you playing Aaron Dell? I think you have to go with Jones only because he's been that number one and he'd be the guy you can easily get rid of at the end and say, okay, maybe it was because of Martin Jones. 
we're going to go in another direction. If you go with Dell, then next year when you have more questions to answer, like, oh, who do we have to get for a goalie? Does that mean we have to trade one of our top defensemen? So I think they're just going to go with Jones. Hopefully they're going to hope that he makes them pass the first round and get them far. But if not, they have someone they could trade and say, okay, it was because of Martin Jones and not because of our forward group. Well, I think they're in a tough spot because the only reason Aaron Dell went in, I'm finding out now, is because he got pulled, Jones, in Game 2. And then Game 3 came in again and he got lit up. (laughs) So tonight, I think I would still start Martin Jones. He is your starter. You are giving him those big bucks. But that's the reason to me why I think they lose the Sharks is because of Martin Jones. Their goaltending is just not on flurry level. And flurry the last two years, what he's done with Vegas is uh, historic. So... I'm going with Vegas winning this in seven games, maybe six now, but I'll say I'll still stick with seven games, but uh, I like Vegas a lot. I love Mark Stone. I think he's been the best player in the playoffs. I'll say him, Marner, and Bobrovsky have been the top three right now for me. So uh, it's been a fun playoff so far. What do you guys, uh, any surprises other than the Blue Jackets and the Islanders? I'm surprised in the how high scoring the Vegas thing was. I thought it would be a lot more close because both teams are so good, but that's a big surprise for me. The yes. biggest surprise for me might be Pacioretty, actually. What's he doing? He's uh, <laughs> got eight points in three games. Him, Stasny, and uh, Patch- Mark Stone. And uh, Mark Stone, yeah. That line. <laughs> killing the, the Sharks. Just killing them. But yeah, that's basically it for hockey. Uh, yeah. Not, not a lot, really. Uh, I'm, I'm still surprised with the Blue Jackets thing, though. Yeah. That's insane. That's messed up. Yeah, for me, it's the Islanders. All right. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> we got to get into NBA now. <laughs> Fuck. All right. The NBA playoffs started on the Saturday. And we all know that the Raptors played on the Saturday and they lost to Orlando. They have not won a game one yet in their fucking franchise's history. When is this team not going to disappoint, Alino? Please tell me. I'm actually surprised that Kyle Lowry didn't have to see he was injured, his knee. Cause yeah, I thought, he, I thought he would have made an excuse. Yeah, like every playoff run. Oh, he had to get uh, fluid drained out of his elbow, his <laughs> finger. Oh, he, they thought he was concussed. He was on one leg. And every year there's always something with this guy. And they paid him $30 million. He couldn't even get one point. He's getting outplayed by DJ Augustine, who they had like a few years ago as a fourth stringer point guard. Like... Michael Carter-Williams is balling out right now. Terrence Ross. Like, what the hell is going on with this team? I don't know. And they're the second second seed. This shouldn't be even a competitive game. They should have ran them over at home in front of their home crowd that they've been preaching to all year, saying load management is going to win them a game, and it hasn't so far. <laughs> it's just I don't understand how you can go into this whole season and hoorah with Leonard you go into game one, you're favored by like 12, and you lose to Orlando, and DJ Augustine leads your team in points after game one. And Lowry doesn't get a point. Like, how do you not get a point at home? That is that is just so bad. And DJ Augustine dropped 25 points. Aaron Gordon didn't even have a good game, and we still lost. I don't know. Piniello, you watched the game, at least most of it. What are you, just what were your thoughts on it? I was, uh, I was actually down there in the middle of Jurassic Park, and you know the general consensus in the air was, yeah, you know, wraps in five, and this is a solid matchup. And then they're just taking it to us, and then there's just silence in the air, and T dot flights flying everywhere, and <laughs> Michael Carter Williams looks like he's rookie of the year again. It was a very surprising atmosphere to be around. Yeah, typical first game for the Raptors. They lose, and then they'll probably. Maybe win in five, but every series they seem to make it so difficult than what it is. And to me, the biggest, to me, the thing that just disappoints me. I don't care if they really win, but like, just win a game one. Yeah. Like, come out and just win a game one. Like, you, they've never won a game one to open a, a, a playoffs ever since '95. And they've they've <laughs> faced fucking brutal teams the last couple of years. Like, I love Miami. Like, how do you lose to Miami? How do you lose to Indiana? Like, how do you lose to these teams? Brooklyn, way back when they sucked and they still beat us. <laughs> Fuck, man. And then we lose to Orlando? Orlando. It's okay. You know what? I'm not that mad because the Sixers lost game one to the Nets. So I'm not that mad. But to what me. The, what was the score in that game? 111-102 game one. 
But when I was getting my hair cut, Brooklyn was on an 18-1 run in Philly. So take that in. And they booed Philly uh, after game one. They booed them out of the out of the building. Gotta love Philly fans. Yeah, yeah that was uh, – I wouldn't have done that if I was a Philly fan. But everyone has their uh, own rituals and stuff. But I'm still going to say Raps win in five games. Um I just hope they win tonight, the Raps. <laughs> like, I'm praying. Because if they don't win tonight, we might lose a series. That's all I'm saying. If you go down 2 nothing going to Orlando, that I'm, okay, I'm telling you right now, if we don't win this series, or if we don't win in convincing fashion, Kawhi's gone. I don't care if we win this in six. I still think that's not enough for Kawhi to stay. That's just my opinion. Other than that, though, like, we had the Trailblazers beat the Thunder. We had the Spurs beat the Nuggets in game one, which I thought was surprising as well. But the Spurs are experienced, and you have Popovich and DeMar and and LaMarcus Aldridge. But the biggest surprise came yesterday when the Clippers down 31 points, 31, 31 points, (laughs) come back and beat the Golden State Warriors at Oracle Arena. What are your thoughts on that? That is the biggest surprise I've ever heard. Yeah, Lou Williams. He's the man. That's, Sixth man of the year when he was on the Raptors. He goes to the Clippers now. He's a star. That's him. Three-point machine. Gets his team, puts him on the back. The Clippers, you would have thought, had no chance of winning this at all, especially with Cousins coming in. And he gets injured first game in the playoffs, Cousins. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, so yeah, the Clippers got an opening there. I just don't see them winning another game after that. Damn it! So that was a one-time thing. Yeah, <laughs> a one and done. I was gonna say, uh, what are you guys' predictions on the playoffs for for the for the NBA? I like okay, Toronto. They have to get past this round. Like of all the teams they've played, I think Orlando is probably the one team that they should go over easily, and they're making it difficult. I have the Raptors and 76ers. And, yeah, out of the West, the team that really surprised me was Portland. I thought Oklahoma City was going to be able to beat them. And Golden State, I think they're a shoo-in for the final. Just who they play is going to be a mystery. But I would love to see Golden State-San Antonio. That would be an interesting matchup. Yeah, I got Golden State going to the finals again. Fuck. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I don't know much about the NBA, but I love when playoffs come around. Because other than, like, the one and eighth seed, everything seems to be kind of up for grabs. Yeah. Like, I was watching that bit of the Boston game, and it was pretty low scoring. Oh, yeah, the Boston-Indiana like one? 70-something. 84-74. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, for me, uh, the last couple of years, um, the NBA playoffs have been very entertaining, but they've been predictable the last couple of yeah. years, like with LeBron and the Warriors. But for me, this year in the East, it's up for grabs. I, I think Milwaukee, um, I think – they're gonna run over Detroit. I love Dwayne Casey, but without Blake Griffin, you're not you're not you're not stopping Giannis. That guy's gonna either win in four or win in five. Philly game one looked awful against Brooklyn, but game two yesterday they had 51 points in a quarter, and they won 145 to 123. So I think Philly is gonna beat Brooklyn. I'll say in six games, and to me, I think the Celtics gonna beat the Pacers, but. Wow, between the top four teams, the Celtics, Sixers, Raps, and Bucks, like flip, like flip a coin. It's tough. Like even the Celtics, I would not. Like I think if the Raps face the Celtics, I don't know, man. Like Celtics are good. Yeah. So even in the West, like I, I think Golden State is still gonna run over the Clippers. I think they'll win in five. They'll win the next three. But Portland and OKC is a series where I thought OKC could like win even though they're the sixth seed. But Portland, Lillard looked great. And uh, even in uh, the 4-5, Utah, I wouldn't sleep on either against Houston because they're a great defensive team. They have Donovan Mitchell, who who's explosive. He could he could outscore – I can maybe not outscore James Harden, but he can outscore guys like Chris Paul in games. So yeah. Ricky Rubio is a good defensive guy. Gobert, like they have good players. But I don't know. Like it, it, everyone has different opinions, but – I still think it's going to be Golden. I'm going to say Golden State and the Raptors is going to be the final. But I would not be surprised if a team like the Sixers or the Celtics, even Houston, I would not be surprised if they got in there and stole the Warriors' spotlight there. But it's going to be fun because I didn't think the Clippers would win a game. I didn't think 
I didn't think uh, Portland would beat OKC. Well, I thought I thought OKC was going to sweep Portland. To be completely honest with you, because <laughs> they haven't won a playoff game since 2016. Portland, they, they come in every year and they get swept. Didn't Russ have another triple double in he, that game too? Yeah, he did, <laughs> and they still lost. But uh, I love. You know what? Don't sleep on the Spurs either. The Nuggets came second. They're a young team, but Demar Derozan and Lamarcus Aldridge—they're just—they're superstars. Yeah. Doesn't matter if they're. Uh, if Aldridge is in his 30s and DeRozan's like you know 20, like late 20s, I still think the Spurs can go far as long as Popovich, Popovich is your coach. But uh, Golden State Raptors final, that's what I'm saying. But enough with that. We got to talk about the superstar shakeup on Raw. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Um, very surprised with most moves. I didn't expect uh, the Miz to go to Raw again. I think that's a move that you don't make. But Alino. Let's get into it. Why don't you just start us off? So you want to talk about that stupid name about the War Raiders changing their name? They're now the Viking Experience. Yeah. Ivar and Eric. Ivar? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I would love to just be in that room, a creative, with Vince McMahon green lighting everything because, you know, he has a final say and he says yes or no. The Viking Experience, Vince, what do you think of that? Sure, let's do it. Ivar and Eric. The NXT champs coming up on Raw. As heels. Yeah, not even as faces, which they were for the last few months. So it's very weird, bizarre, that they would even go with that kind of character since they already have, like, everybody oh, trying to be that. have a lot to say here. That's so, cool. So, uh, what do you think of the Viking I, experience? Okay, the name, uh, I don't even know what the name. The second that popped up on the screen, I'm just like, fuck, man. Why? <laughs> The world knows you as... It's not like you're coming from TNA. You don't have to change the name. There's no copyright issues or any of that bullshit. It's like, I don't like his name. Change it. That's probably what Vid said. Yeah. But like... <laughs> the War Raiders. That's so like 1980s. Change it. <laughs> but I don't really know if they're heels because when you just look at the face teams, like I don't know if you can really mess with that. So I think they were just kind of thrown in with the revival. Okay, I hope so. And then they'll kind of go from there. But the name is bullshit. It, it pisses me off. It ruined the entire show for me. <laughs> I'm reaching there, but uh, it, it pisses me off. But the fact that they're on Raw, and later on, when uh, you see what other tag teams are on Raw, I'm, getting, I'm sure we'll talk about that. The Raw tag division just looks so much better now. So this is this is a win for that brand. Yeah, I uh, I don't like talking about name changes too much. Like Vince has been doing this a lot lately. Yeah. But this name is, like, the worst thing that I've ever heard. The Viking experience. They're calling The Viking, like, <laughs> you're going out, and the fact that you have to announce the Viking experience, and then say Eric and Ivar. Like, doesn't oh the God. War Raiders, Hanson and Roe just yeah, sound, way, sound better. way better? I'm not calling them Eric and I'm not, whatever. No. no, I'm not. That's like, just... Throughout the match, like, I don't know if, like, they didn't know his name, but I heard, like, Ivar, Ibar, Ibar, like, <laughs> I heard, like, six different things. I'm like, just just keep their names. If it's, you don't have to change Samoa Joe's name and AJ Styles' name and Bobby Roode's name, why do you, why do you have to do that? Even EC3, I'm surprised. He was Derek Bateman, goes to Impact, they becomes EC3, and he comes back, and they actually keep the name. I don't know what's so bad about War Raiders. That was their name to begin with. They were War Machine on the Independence, and now WWE changed their name, but I don't know why Vince McMahon doesn't want that on. To me, it's just the dumbest change I've ever seen. Like, the Viking... No superstar or tag team should have experience at the end of their name. <laughs> That's not... That doesn't flow at all. That's like me saying... Like, that's like, I don't know, like uh, Bobby Roode changing his gimmick from the glor like glorious to the golden experience. <laughs> or like the... The like, glorious that's experience. That's like CM Punk changing it from the best in the world to the best experience. Like, you don't put experience at the end of a superstar. That just doesn't click at all. Like, if I'm JoJo and I have to announce that, it's like... That sound just sound... <laughs> Here is the Viking experience. Like, oh no, honey. Like... <laughs> Like, this isn't a restaurant. This isn't something you sit at. This is, these are superstars. The Viking experience. I'll tell you what that name is. That's a bad experience. Nice. There it is. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, we gotta we gotta talk about a couple other additions. Finally, now Ricochet and Alistair Black are firmly raw now, so we can finally say that they're gonna steal the tag titles from uh, the Edgeheads there, Kurt and Zack Ryder. Um, Eric Young also going to Raw. I like that. Bobby I don't, Roode's there. Maybe Bobby Roode turns on Chad Gable and we get the Team Canada reunion. <laughs> Eric Young and Bobby Roode. I really um, hope so. That's reaching, though. Yeah. Um, they made a little uh, promo for Cedric Alexander. He's now on Raw. Getting called up. Another 205 Live guy going to Raw. What are your thoughts on that? I think, he's, I think it's deserving. Oh, I, I love that. It's very similar to the... Ali with SmackDown, another fucking name shortage. But yeah, this should be awesome there. I'm just picturing Cedric versus Ricochet. How awesome would that be? It would be good. I thought they were going to go with Buddy Murphy, though. That's what I thought. I was waiting on that. They went with Cedric. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Buddy Murphy, later in the summer, they do what they do with Ali, and he comes up later in the year. But yeah, I was surprised with that. A couple others, quickly. Uh, Andrade and Zelina Vega, they also had a huge win over Finn Balor. Yeah. Um, that to me, I said to Pags, that was a dream match when I saw those two in the ring. But the match was not wasn't the greatest. But there were some great spots in there, and Selena Vega getting involved and actually having Andrade go over clean. Um, that's the right move because Andrade is the future, I think. And I, the only thing with that, I rather would have kept him on SmackDown for another while and had Shinsuke go to Raw instead, and you would have had Shinsuke versus Finn Balor. Yeah, I think he needs a whole refreshing thing with this character maybe it would have made him turn face but maybe you need to call him the asian experience yeah, maybe oh my <laughs> i think when we first saw andrade our initial thought was this is probably the bad move just yeah because he may get lost in the shuffle yeah. on raw with all of these superstar but names. then he beat finn so i was like okay so like he's got the ic title if you can do a little feud there that would that would be solid yeah um a lot of people were saying, though, after his loss, this basically confirmed that Balor might go to SmackDown. But I really hope that's not the case because you could really build Andrade versus Finn yeah. for the IC title, and that would be that'd be something. Would that mean Joe would come over? Or you'd lose a title at the next um, pay-per-view? Yeah, that'd probably mean that Yeah, Joe would, Joe would come over. Because apparently, did you hear yesterday, the EC3 segment? No. Did you hear what happened? No. So apparently, it was supposed to be Samoa Joe in that segment. But he uh, he had the flu, so they had to just throw EC3 in there, oh, that, yeah, like that into, into like a random so ass that means, yeah, segment. The raw that means I think I think I think I think he's gonna come on Raw next week, like out of nowhere and choke out Strowman or something. Unless Strowman just goes to SmackDown, yeah. I don't know. I think I think I think Strowman is going to SmackDown. I think that's happening for sure. Um, the other uh, additions to Raw we saw was Naomi. Don't really care doesn't really do anything <laughs> Rey Mysterio don't know why I guess Vince can't have Rey and Andrade on different shows uh, I don't know I'm not happy with this one I think this is gonna uh, maybe lead towards Rey and Andrade either a feud or could we even see Rey turn heel and go align with Andrade that would be something different but I don't see anyone booing Rey I can't Mysterio. see I can't see him being a heel he was only booed one time and that was during the 20 yeah <laughs> the 14 rumble but. oh god that was, yeah, that was off. There are just certain guys you think of, and you think they're lifers on a certain brand. When I think SmackDown, I Rey Mysterio yeah. is one of the guys I think of, and why move them? I don't, I don't get it. I think they moved three big SmackDown players to Raw: Styles, Miz, and Ray. Miz, you might be able to argue because he seems to always move. Yeah, but his best. I mean, I'm a little concerned with um, with AJ going to Raw. I don't know what this means for him. A lot of people are saying just turn him heel, face Seth Rollins, and there, there's your top program. But I feel like that's too good to be true, having Styles versus Rollins. I think you're going to save that for a bit. Yeah, yeah, like I feel like right now they're going to have Styles as a face just for now. Like that. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> just kind of <laughs> looks kind of off. But yeah, um, I don't know what they're doing with Smiz, who's arguably a bigger baby face than Seth right now. Maybe not, but he's, he's around – he's just – I don't know. Like, what would you do with the Miz now and AJ Styles going to was, going to Raw? Like, that's yeah. huge. I was hoping he'd be in the title picture for the WWE title, but now Miz looks like they don't know what they're gonna. They're Shane and him. Miz win the Money in the Bank and keep those uh, plans where he'll win the title eventually. But no, I don't think it'd be. I I still think Andrade is 
locked yeah. in to win the money. Did you say Shane in the Money in the Bank? I think that's where he's going to inject himself in that storyline, yep. I'll lose my mind if that's the he, case. He has to jump off like the roof or something. He's going to do something in that match. <laughs> jump off the roof or something. <laughs> He'll go with a ladder somewhere, the stage. I don't know. He, he's going to manage. It'll be like a nine-person match, but after he does his spot, he'll go down to eight or seven. I feel like uh, if, if not him, they'd probably put Ricochet in there. Yeah. Because they, they love these high flyers. Just jump off a bunch of shit. You're not going to win, though. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I still don't know what they're doing with um, – with AJ and The Miz now going to Raw, but another couple names. Lacey, finally now on Raw on one brand. I guess she can now finally... It doesn't It doesn't even mean anything because the belt is... She has both belts, so like, I don't even know what that means. Like, she's going to probably defend both, I think. Yeah. So she's not unifying them then? No. Because she said, I'm the Raw champ and the SmackDown champ. And Lacey said she wants a Raw title. But if you're Lacey Evans, wouldn't you want both? Guess not, but she wants <laughs> Well, I guess one is the only She likes thing. the red one yeah, more. She likes the red one. Natalia did the same thing. Yeah. So that's, like, those two are the names you come up with. To face Becky. Natalia. Like, like, I don't dislike them to the point where I'm like, get them out of the company, but, like, what, yeah. what's Ember Moon doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like, the Usos going to Raw, to me, is perfect. It had to be done. It was probably the most predictable uh, after losing the belts to the Hardys. Didn't want to see that happen, but it happened, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> the Usos taking on guys like the Revival is going to be incredible. And even taking on now the Viking experience. I can't, I even, I can't say that name. <laughs> I can't say that. The Usos versus the War Raiders. I'm going to say that. If it that is. happens, if that's for the Raw Tag Titles, there it is. That's your feud for like two months. And then you just keep rolling with that. Maybe have the revival come in once in a while. Like, there's your tag. There's your tag division. Um, SmackDown. You still have the. Well, no, you don't have the new day right now. Biggie's injured, but um, you have the Hardys. Maybe the revival come. Rusev over. and Shins. Yeah, they need a tag team. I feel like they need a tag team right now. I think Raw turned uh, trash into treasure within like one day yeah. with their tag division. Is now SmackDown. It's like. But that makes no sense because now they have the War Raiders. They have the Usos, and now they have Black and Ricochet on Raw. So, like, what are you, what are you doing? I think someone has to come over. Yeah. It might be the Revival. Yeah, I think it is them. Because then if they can dethrone the Hardys and then there give them is. a lengthy reign. And the heavy machinery. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, man. Chris loves those two. I hate them. <laughs> they are useless, man. I hate, I hate tag teams that are – no, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. I don't care. Make me laugh. <laughs> if I want to laugh, I'll just go on Instagram and look at all the friggin' Batista gifts and memes. <laughs> Give me That'll one make one. me laugh. <laughs> Sakes. But yeah, man, I don't know what's going on tonight. Apparently the biggest acquisition in SmackDown history. I think Roman Reigns. It's Reigns. Roman Reigns. I think it might be Roman. This guy was telling me before it might be Lesnar just yeah. because of the move over to Fox. They need some big, uh, and you saw on Raw they got AJ, The Miz, Andrade, Rey Mysterio. So they got all these big names. SmackDown needs some. Roman, I think, is probably like one of the guarantees. I think Braun Strowman could be another. Drew McIntyre, and that attraction Brock Lesnar. When you think of SmackDown, you think of like Rey Here Mysterio. Here comes the pain, baby. Here comes the pain. Brock Lesnar, uh, Randy Orton still there. So I think Brock returns to SmackDown where he became a star. Returns to his show, not the Rock show. It's it's Brock. What would you do if, like, when he said the biggest acquisition ever, and it's Baron Corbin? Oh, that would be, that would be perfect, actually. That'd be so funny. The heel heat he would get. That'd be awesome. And then Roman comes out and spears him. Yeah. No, I still think it's either Strowman or it's Roman. Yeah. Um, I don't think Drew should go to SmackDown. Yeah, need, I, I think they need him on Raw now. He, I think he should be the Universal Champion soon. Like give him like yeah. maybe two months. Seth has it, and then Drew beats him, and, and the then SummerSlam. There it over. is. Yeah, Drew's your champ at SummerSlam. There it is. Yeah, I want to say Braun too, but like just picturing him on SmackDown is kind of it's kind of weird for me. I don't know. Yeah, and they need someone to come because Kofi's a champ. So I think that there's going to be a debut tonight on SmackDown. Adam someone Cole. coming over from Raw, or yeah, maybe that'd be interesting if Adam Cole came. But I think one of the big names from Raw is going to come in to... Roman? Probably. Either Roman or, like, 
a heel like Baron Corbin to come challenge <laughs> Kofi. <laughs> Shit, man. I really hope that if it is Roman Reigns, I really hope he just doesn't go to Kofi and be like, I want your title now. <laughs> like It's like a like he beats Kofi, kind of like what Orton did to Christian. Yeah. Fuck. Now, what do you do with Daniel Bryan? Uh, him versus The Miz, that looked like a program that could have right after WrestleMania. That's what upset me yesterday when I was with this guy. It's like, oh, yeah, Miz to Raw. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> damn it. Shit. If Raw gets a few, like, or if SmackDown gets, like, some really big names from Raw, do you think, because Brian's still out, do you think he can randomly just show up on Raw one time and then enter himself in a program with The Miz? Uh, well, I don't really see that there's a super, like, there's brands really anymore. Like, you can kind of go wherever. Yeah. So... I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't be opposed to it because I've wanted to see the Miz versus Daniel Bryan again. Especially not, now, they're not giving it to deal, us. Like they switch roles, that'd be interesting. They're not giving it to us. I don't like it. Give me what I want. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically it for this week. Don't have a lot else to talk about. I really hope you're wrong with Brock Lesnar tonight. I don't want to hear his music <laughs> anymore. I'm tired. But yeah, I hope it's like Baron Corbin. It's like the greatest SmackDown edition is. And then Barry Corbin comes out in his suit. He's like, calm down, calm down. I retired Kurt Angle. Calm down. <laughs> oh, my God. That he, when he said that yesterday, I look at you. I'm like, there it is. Heel heat. It's every week now. Former Golden Glove boxing champion. Former U.S. champion. Montreal's favorite son. Baron Corbin. Yeah. <laughs> he comes out with the best. Before we go, though, I have to say one thing, and that is Sami Zayn coming oh, out amazing. to his home crowd. That was beautiful. Did you watch that entire segment? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> the crowd <laughs> turned on him so bad. He's one of the best heels right now. He has to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just love when he comes out. <laughs> he does that stupid dance. <laughs> Played his music like four times. Just does well, it all over. The crowd's all cheering and playing <laughs> I love out to it. And then he said, oh, I, all the monuments or everything are good except the people. And then they all started booing. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, put this guy against Seth Rollins for the Universal title right now. This guy's red hot. Put him up. Put him in there. Because, man, Sami Zayn, I'm a fan. He's yet to win a title. I think it's finally time. Yeah. I just want to see Kevin Owens. Tonight. Yeah, we will see him tonight. <laughs> okay, good. And he'll start a program with Baron Corbin. They're in Montreal, so place will be bumping. Oh, yeah, he has. Yeah, he'll definitely be there tonight. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this week's episode. We covered a lot of stuff. NBA, NHL, WWE. Make sure to comment, subscribe, you know, anything that you guys want to shout out to us. Uh, we will reply because we are always on our phones. So thanks guys for watching and uh, stay tuned. And uh, yeah, that's about it.